Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance in things hoped for and the evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes, It's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says, If you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and the goodness in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there's goodness in everyone. There's goodness in all of us. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Today is the 27th of October, and... Um, it's me, Reg, with um, De- Craig Dickerson. Hey. Hey. Deb is in our memory. I know. Deb is in Rome, still enjoying herself. Rome uh, Florence. Uh, yeah. And she's been taking wonderful pictures. I should post those pictures up where she's visiting old um, cathedrals, um, cathedrals that are older than the United States. Uh, they go thousands of years. And um, she's really, you know, visiting, you know, some of the, um, the old um I imagine there are places with that, you know, the apostles walked, you know, all that sort of stuff. But she's having a wonderful time. She's and, uh, it's history. A mu- yeah, exactly. She's, it's a much well-deserved vacation for her. And we're all jealous, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Extremely jealous. <laughs> so it's just two of us, but we're going to talk on Titus. Titus, the third chapter, verses 10 through 12. Actually, I think we're going to go through all of Titus, because there's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, I've got Titus here. It's one page, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be nice and quick. Yeah. But first, let me, um, let me open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning to uh, receive your word, to praise your word, and to get your word out to, um, to those who are listening to this podcast. We thank you so much. We love you so much, and we thank you for filling our spirits with uh, your word. And as we dive into your word, we hope that you bless us, that you enlighten us, and that we can enlighten others. Um, your word is living and active, as, as you said in Hebrews. Um, it is sharper than any double-edged sword, and it cuts into the thoughts and conditions of the heart. And we ask that you cut into our hearts and into our souls and and uh, illuminate us through your word. And we ask that everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we think and feel will be motivated and touched by the love of you. These and other blessings we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can just keep saying that for an hour, right? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's been such a week. Um, yeah. I, I know we wanted to get into Titus, but I just wanted to touch on briefly yeah. before we start. Yeah, yes, it's a Catherine. Uh, she, we sent her Catherine off. Yeah. Uh, Lydia Ward. Uh, yes. We, uh, we, commem- we commemorated her. There we go. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a beautiful service at Grace Cathedral, and the Bishop of California was there, and I cornered him. <laughs> Got a blessing, <laughs> which is... Which was kind of nice. He was very nice to do that. But a lovely, lovely service at Grace. And there was a, a saxophone player there. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, and uh, a woman singing some really nice spirituals. Wonderful. Uh, that, mm-hmm. And her family and her sorority sisters the very next day did a special service for her yeah. at our little church in San Leandro. And then we had a, another service for her after that. Mm-hmm. And I think they did her well. Uh, I don't know if Deacon Pam and, and 
Father Justin are, are here listening. Mm-hmm. But you did you did her well. You did her awesome. well, and uh, yeah, may she rest in peace. And uh, and one of the things that she mentioned was, um, and apparently was her one of her slogans, and I did not know this, but uh, live your life as though heaven is here on earth. Wow. And that's kind of what she did. Yeah. You know, she was always ready and mm-hmm. sharp to love anyone. She treated us all like her children. That That's wonderful. Yeah. That's, yeah, and something I'll, I'll stick to with in my life, you know. Not only um, heaven as far as receiving heaven, but also giving. I mean, making a part of heaven, making earth. As horrible as, you know, like, you know, today's, I mean, the events of this week have been really horrific, you know, uh, the bombings and um, there's a caravan that's uh, coming to uh, the United States. And uh, actually, I don't think that's such a bad thing. I mean, I'm probably in the minority, but the very fact that people are yearning for something special, something wonderful, they're yearning for uh, um, something more heavenly than the life that they live right now. And Sister Catherine, throughout her entire life, worked towards making earth, everyone around her, uh, to feel a bit of heaven through the good, the good, the good that she gave yeah, to others. Through the love and the knowledge and the, the music and the mm-hmm. joy. Yeah. And I, I have to say, you know, I mean, although my, my interactions with her were uh, far fewer than, than most of the people there, yeah. uh, her family, friends, her her colleagues that she'd known for uh, half a century. Yeah. Uh, she was a public school teacher in mm-hmm. Oakland for years, an yeah. administrator, uh, then became a, a priest mm-hmm. after that, yeah. and nothing, nothing but service and love towards her community. Yeah. And I don't know, it says, it says in, our, in our Eucharist, and, you know, that, uh, um, well, it, I think it's part of a, Lord's Prayer, as on earth as it is in heaven, yeah. and there's certain people in this world, uh, Reverend, uh, Reverend Catherine was one of them, who mm-hmm. took that uh, literally, yeah. make it on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. I mean, I mean, God wanted, you know, in the very, very beginning, he wanted earth. To be heavenly, you know, in the Garden of Eden, and Christ would say over and over, you know, I'm yeah. glad, you know you've got to, you've got to bring that here. Yes, you've got to bring that here to His disciples and apostles. It's Absolutely, it's your job to bring that here. And one of the things, and I guess we're going to have to segue into Titus here. Sure, is is Paul's uh, letters and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the first of the, the first disciples and apostles creating the Christian Church. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think most of Paul's letters are, how are you going to do it? Right. Giving us the how. Right. You know, which is very, very important. Absolutely. I mean, and Christ uh, gave us the why. Mm-hmm. And yes, then yes, the disciples, yes. <laughs> disciples give us the how. Yeah. Here. And you know, it's, it's fascinating. You know, when Jesus leaves, um, you know, the crucifixion, and we have the Acts of the Apostle where, you know, Jesus comes back from the dead and... Um, he, you know, fills um, the church, I think, with Peter, with the Holy Spirit. Then the disciples are left with, wow, you know, we're in, it's, it's just sort of like a house, you know, like you have a half-built house, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the main architect is gone. <laughs> I know, we were talking about uh, mm-hmm. Mark 
last week. Yeah. And, you know, seeing as how Christ had to explain to them three times. Yes. You know, I'm as leaving, if they I'm weren't leaving, listening. Leaving, yeah. Uh, as, this is how it's going to go down, and they just didn't seem to get it. Exactly. It sort of makes you wonder just how the hell this Christian thing ever took off. Yeah. You know, you start to see these disciples as very human and and, and flawed. Yeah. And you know they're holy saints. Of yes. course, all of them. I mean, yes. I mean, there are saints in our life. Yeah. Um, you know, Martin Luther King was had a picture of him at the ch- on the church wall next uh, to yeah. next to all the saints, and now um, Blessed Reverend Catherine has taken her place of honor. Yeah, you know, awesome. and, and, you know, on our, mm-hmm. on our our saint wall. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys were saints too. Yeah, you know, and so, but you have to wonder reading, you know, just about mm-hmm. the way early Christians began the church. Yeah. Just how the hell did it ever take off? So, so to give you some context, I mean, so immediately after uh, the book of Acts, we have these letters. I mean, there's so there's a bit of a conflict that's going on where you have individuals who have learned what it is to serve God through the Pharisees and through the Old Testament and through the old ways. And then you have these new, I guess, Gentile Christians who have learned from the teachings of Jesus Christ and from the apostles, but they're coming from it from a new perspective, a new way. And there are conflicts going on. In Corinthians, Paul is trying to uh, tell the, the Corinthians, hey, listen, you know, I know you have disputes, like who is circumcised, who is uncircumcised, and you have, um, there's grumblings about why the Gentiles treat it as equally as the Jewish Christians, or the Christians who have learned from the old ways. Right. And everything that Paul is trying to tell them is, listen, we're all in this together, and this new church that we're building is going to survive throughout the years and the centuries or whatever. We have to build a, a strong foundation right now based on the newer teachings of Jesus Christ. Who, and Jesus, of course, has based his teachings on the Old Testament, but his interpretation of it. Love one another. Love your neighbor. So, And this is the foundation he's building on. Where Titus comes in, Titus... Paul sends Titus to Corinth to try to smooth things over, and he actually does it, and Paul congratulates him. And we've talked about this before. We've touched on Titus in another episode of uh, you got to Have Faith. Yes. So when we get to Titus 3, Titus is now in, um, I'm trying to think. In Crete? Yes, he's in Crete okay. right now. And um, Paul sends him a letter, which is basically uh, Titus 1, 2, and 3, where Paul is instructing Titus how to conduct himself, how to conduct the elders who are going to be the ministers of the church, and how the people should conduct themselves. And I'm going to read Titus' third chapter, verses 10 through 12, because Paul is not only speaking to Titus, he's actually speaking to all of us here in 2018. Here's what he says. Warn a divide... I'm sorry, let me do it again. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. I'm going to keep on reading. Verse 12. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. 
Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. But I love that. Uh, so that I've actually read ten all the way through fifteen. Yeah, I've got I've got that here. It's it's kind of funny too. Yeah, go 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 ahead. Because uh, in a lot of these other letters, uh, Paul is much more. You know, he, he spends a lot more time, and in Titus, he spends a little time. You know, telling you know, flattering everyone, saying yes. how much how much love there is with them. And, yeah, yeah. And then he gets to the nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and in, in my version, it says, uh, avoid stupid controversies, <laughs> genealogies, and fights about the law because they're useless and worthless after the first and second warning have no more to do with a person who causes conflict because you know that someone like this is twisted and sinful, so they condemn themselves. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a tough one to do, especially when you're trying to be righteous and you're trying to be mm-hmm. instructive. Yes. You know, but you really have to understand where the limits are, mm-hmm. you know, to helping someone who's oppressive. Yes. As opposed to just getting out of the way of that so that you can continue your good deeds. Yes. And it's tough. It's tough for authority figures. It's mm-hmm. tough for managers or bosses or mm-hmm. any kind of spiritual leader to kind of like go like, okay, you know, I can only take this so far. Right. And, yeah. then, and then I got to stop, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I mean, I was, I was telling you, you know, in our, in, in our dismissal, when we do our, our ritual, our Sunday worship, mm-hmm. In the, in, the, in the at least in the Episcopal Church and the in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. uh, the the priest dismisses everyone by saying like, you know, shield the joyous and love everyone, but make no mm-hmm. peace with oppression. And it, it's not that you, you know, spurn your enemies or or tell them how wrong they are. It's just don't. Let this stop you from doing the good things that you know you need to do. You need you need the time and you need the peace to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so don't don't let the oppressors stop you, and exactly. don't try and fight them. Exactly. They can, and like it says here, they condemn themselves. They mm-hmm. don't need your condemnation. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a waste of time. Yeah, because even after the death of Christ, you know, the Pharisees have not gone anywhere. You know, they're still there, and I imagine they're still trying to hold on to power. Well, it's the, also, it's the, the laws, they're mm-hmm. good laws. Yes. That people have followed mm-hmm. generations before Christ. Yes. What Christ was trying to do, and what the apostles uh, probably expected him to do in, mm-hmm. in a way that surprised them, because he didn't. They mm-hmm. wanted a, a political system where Everything was equalized. Yeah. I mean, he told, you know, the apostles were like, hey, aren't you going to take over, be king of kings? And who's and where do I sit in this hierarchy? Mm-hmm. They understood, you know, religious, uh, the, the religious laws and, and, and the constructs to be a political one, one of hierarchies. Right. And Christ comes along and says, well, if you want to be a high guy, then you've got to be a servant to everybody. Yes. You know, like we said in Mark last week, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to be, 
top dog, yes, then you got to be ready to serve, serve, be the servant and slave, yes, to everybody else. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way my system's going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to be around to to let it happen. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, the Gentiles are going to pull me aside and 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 tell me who's who. Right. And tell me what's what. Now you guys got to bring this kind of you know equalization mm-hmm. to the world. Yeah. And we're still trying. Yeah. Yes, we are. We're still trying. Mm-hmm. We're still we're still dealing with the hierarchies. We're still dealing with the folks in charge just mm-hmm. just being oppressors. Yeah. So I wrote down three things. Number one, because it's clear that Paul is instructing Titus. And there's several different audience members. You know, there. You know, Paul is 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 giving Titus an instruction to him. Paul is giving an instruction to Titus to give to the elders, those who are going to preach the word, the leaders. Right. And he's giving instruction to the actual people. And so I wrote, "What is your purpose of the word? What is your purpose? You know, you as, as you as a leader or someone who." is, you know, for those who are listening to this podcast, you are either just taking in the word because you're thinking about, well, you know, this Christianity thing, you know, I wonder what Reg is, is talking, you know, what is Reg and Craig talking about? So you're just listening. There are those who are actual Christians who are like, hey, listen, I need something to uplift myself. I need something as I go into the job market or if I go out to deal with my family. How do I use Christianity to sustain myself? How can I use the word in my daily lives? And then there are those who are who may be leaders who who want to um, I don't know they may want to do a podcast like what we're doing right now, or they are uh, like I have my aunt in Georgia, and you have your family in Texas yeah. who they take the word and they spread the word via themselves. Um, so. What is our purpose? You know, uh, there are leaders, and I want to try to tie it in with today's world, where we have uh, folks who are either parents or, let's say, you are, um, you know, you you have a role where you're guiding people. You know, what is your overall purpose? Is it just to instruct people, or is it to, you know, when I when I deal with leaders, like my supervisor at my job or um, a preacher at, at, at my church or whatever, when when I take what they say, I want to know, you know, uh, are they are they simply just giving me basic instruction or are they leading by example? You know, are they uh, doing, uh, is, it, is, is it instructive, is it destructive? Um, what is the purpose? What are they trying to tell me? Um, so that's the first thing. Um, because when I think about, obviously my mind is on Trump. My mind is on Trump. <laughs> I might as well just say that, you know. Um, you know, when uh, Trump, so this well, week. I think, I think according to the gospel here uh, that we picked, Rich, yeah, it's telling you to get your mind off that. Well, <laughs> I think that's yeah. kind of what it's saying. And yet it's difficult, isn't yes. it? It's difficult not to focus mm-hmm. on the oppressors. Yes. You know, and just, I mean, what makes, what makes them tick? Why are they doing this? Yeah. How do we stop them? But what's the difference between an oppressor and a leader? You know, what is someone who says, hey, I'm the president well, I think of the United I think there's a big difference between of an oppressor and a leader. Yeah. But he, he claims to be a leader. I know. And so does your boss or supervisor who you may have a disagreement with. So yeah. does a parent who, you know, you can't see eye to eye with or a friend who you're constantly going yeah. like, I wish I could, there's some way I could get the, yeah. you know. 
let them listen to me. Yeah. Or, or I wish there was some way I could mm-hmm. listen to them. Yeah. I think the very first thing we need to do, and as, you know, the very first step is we need to, and I know, just speaking from experience, and I don't have to ask people out in our mm-hmm. podcast audience, you know, when is the last time you actually said, help me? Asked for help. Yeah. Asked for help from a loved one. Asked for help from a spouse, mm-hmm. from, a, from a priest, from your boss, mm-hmm. from a friend. Mm-hmm. When is the last time you did that? And how did, how did that occur to you? And then put yourself in the other role. When is the last time you heard someone else ask for help? And how did you respond? Mm-hmm. I think we have to look at our leaders and we have to look at ourselves as leaders and as mm-hmm. those in need. Yeah. And we really have to go in each transaction yeah. in that way. Mm-hmm. We have to pray for our leaders. Mm-hmm. We have to pray for Trump. Please make wise decisions. Now, I know every week it's not going to happen, but you still have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like but you don't need to make peace with that. I, I think about like laws, like we talk about the laws, not only the laws in the United States. Like the Hebrew law that was here before. Sure, sure exactly. Before. Do they serve the purpose? In other words, when the Pharisees enforce the law, does it really help people? Because we live, the, first, the Old Testament was all about the law. It was obey the law. If you don't obey the law, we're gonna, you're going to be struck down. You're going to go straight to hell or you're going to die. Our society's going to crumble you're and you'll be, be a part of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the law the law was there to yeah. to give people structure and good and guidance. Mm-hmm. Look, and it works yeah. for the most part. And it's the, the hierarchy of it. And, yeah. it's, it's the elitism of those mm-hmm. Pharisees that Christ was all you know up in arms about. Yeah. It was the fact that there was corruption mm-hmm. and then it, it ultimately had little to do with with really helping everyone. There right. was a great deal of society, mm-hmm. uh, you know, orphans, mm-hmm. widows, the poor, mm-hmm. people who weren't necessarily involved with the church yeah. or who were of a, of a lower social status, yeah. women who yeah. were considered property and not individual human beings. Right. I mean... It became this kind of stratum mm-hmm. of those in charge yeah. and those who would never get inside the church doors. Yeah. And and yet everybody was supposed to follow the law. Right. So something was wrong with the law. It yeah. was the law was there to provide like civility, to help settle disagreements, mm-hmm. to help provide marriages and divorces right. and and blessings for births and deaths and and, and mm-hmm. Places for people to pray and worship and congregate and be mm-hmm. a community. Yes, it did all those things, but what it lacked was taking care of everyone. And Christ came down and died to take care of everybody. Yep. Everybody. Mm-hmm. The sinners, the weak, the sick. Yes. Everybody. And he did not condemn. He, he Jesus understood that there were folks who disobeyed the law, air quotes. You know, the laws of Moses and the laws that were put down by the Pharisees. Well, the, the, the apostles themselves were disobeying the, sure. <laughs> the laws by being uh-huh. apostles. Right. Of right. Christ. You know? and, and Jesus basically said, listen, 
that it's too long you need to focus on. Love God and love your neighbor. Deuteronomy and Leviticus, man. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Because that's it. That's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. On earth, as it, it is in heaven. Because in heaven, everybody's mm-hmm. digging everybody. Yeah. There are no... <laughs> there are no yeah. specifications. Yeah. I mean, if, you're, if he's going to give everlasting life to a thief mm-hmm. next to him on the cross, yeah. won't he give it to you? Exactly. <laughs> you know? so, so, so to bring it back around to Titus, when I talk about the law and as a leader, not as an enforcer, not as an oppressor, but as a leader, when you you know, distill, you know, the laws or the rules or whatever you're telling your, you know, the congregation of the people you're talking to, what is the purpose? Is it to oppress someone? Is it to, you know, are you benefiting? Are you helping someone? Are you doing what Christ wants you to do? You know, because when Jesus came down and he told his parables and he talked about what needs to be done, it wasn't to oppress anyone. It was to say, listen, we've got to be here for each other, you know. When he tells Peter, don't chop off, you know, the ear of the person who's going to arrest me, you know, you know, um, put put away the sword. Who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Well, this was, this wasn't just, see, the thing is, is this wasn't just about, you know, giving somebody, you know, a cookie. Yeah. You know, for being good. Right. I mean, I know we all think that, mm-hmm. you know, if I do the good things this week, if I do the charitable acts, if mm-hmm. I give, if, if I'm tolerant of, you know, certain behaviors that I find uh, disagreeable or, yeah. you know, or if I do the good things, then I get a cookie. Yeah. This was a little bit more important than that. And I think if we look upon our lives realistically mm-hmm. and wake up from this kind of stupor of just being beat up by Trump, yeah, you'll understand that Christ came down as a not just a cookie and a reward. Mm-hmm. This was triage. He came to rescue us. Yes. To rescue us. That means, hey, we need a lot of help in a big way. Yes. And mm-hmm. and that suffering and that death and that taking our sins mm-hmm. was, was there because it was life or death for us. As a, as a society, as humanity, you know, it's not just about those who are special and those who aren't. It was about humanity itself mm-hmm. needed rescuing. Yeah. God saw, like, this is this is something I've got to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, to help these people. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because they're dying, they're drowning. Yeah. You know, they're... This law that they've created is not doing it. Mm-hmm. They need they need to understand a, a new interpretation of it, yeah. a more visceral one yeah. that takes that takes a mirror up to them and says, like, "Okay, I'm a man like you. Yeah, I'm a person like you. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. what do you say to a person like yourself? You say, mm-hmm. you know, yeah." I, 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 I recognize you. It's not just from a book or from, an, or, or from you know, mm-hmm. or from some kind of icon or statue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When I think about leaders in my life, like I think about the supervisors that I've had in, in my life, there have been folks who have been like, okay, here are the rules. I've written it all down. Boom. Here it is. And I'll read it. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm having a hard time interpreting it, but I'll try to interpret it my way. And I'll do it, and let's say the supervisor says, no, you did it wrong. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading, you know, what's there. But then I've had supervisors who are like, listen, let me show you how I do it. I'm going to just watch me. And then boom. And I think about Jesus that way. Jesus, when he was on the earth, showed the disciples, listen, I want you to watch how I talk to people. Yeah, I'm going to do some miracles, but, you know, I, you know, we, of course, people need the miracles so that I can prove that I am the son of God. But really, you know, hear the parables, you know, I, I'm going to tell you the parables. I'm going to tell you how to deal with the Pharisees, I'm even going to sacrifice myself to you. I'm going to, you're going to watch me die and bleed for my people. And I think it helped the disciples, okay, this is how to lead. This is how to build the church. Because they don't just have a word written down. Like Moses had the, you know, the Ten Commandments. And he had the word of, of God, and he did the best that he could. But having someone physically there to show how to lead the people and how to serve God and even how to bleed, how to sacrifice yourself. That was uh, something that was necessary. And when I think about a leader, it's not just about, okay, boom, here's the word, here's the, the legislation, here's, you know, the instructions. Like when I think about President Obama, of course, I, you know, public service announcement, I'm a Democrat, and, you know, that's just the way it is. I'm liberal. But <laughs> I... <laughs> but... Um, we saw how Barack Obama, you know, we saw him cry. I remember, I remember during, after Sandy Hook, and he had to give a speech. And he had tears in his eyes. I don't think that was fake. Well, I, I'm not sure where, where, we're, where we're at here. But, we are back. <laughs> but hey, I just want to say, um, mm -hmm. one of the things that, to keep in mind, and it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. You know, you were talking about, the, you know, how the parables and all these things. And, yeah. You know, how, you know. You know, these were proofs yes. of, of God's love, proofs yes. that, you know, Christ was here to, mm -hmm. to, to administer to the sick yeah. and to heal. Mm -hmm. He raise people from the dead, you know, yeah. Yeah. perform exorcisms and whatever. Yeah. One of the things that I get, you know, and it's not, and I'm starting to get this, you know, just from reading the New Testament a lot over the last year or so. Yeah. And going and studying a little bit deeper. Yeah. And I got to remind everybody in our audience. We're not ordained preachers here. Exactly. You know, we are lay people, and the reason we're doing this podcast is to kind of share, you know, how a learning curve works. Mm -hmm. Kind of open it up so it's because the Bible can be intimidating. Yes. And the church itself can be intimidating, and and it's hard to trust, you know, what's going on. But anyway, what what I'm finding more and more in the writings is they're alluding to a society that. The majority of the people who are powerless, now think about this, folks, mm -hmm. the majority of the people who are powerless, those without authority, yeah. in, are looking at their society as evil and corrupt and unfair. Sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what they keep saying over and over in, in this New Testament. It's like, even Christ says, you're living in an evil world. Yes. Surrounded by evil. Yes. Surrounded by sin. Yes. And they're like, yeah, that's why we're with you, teacher. <laughs> no, uh, right. But, you know, but Christ says, and this is the funny thing, which 
Paul uh, reiterates in this yes. Titus thing, and I've got this here. This is in Titus 3. Yes. And verse 3, mm-hmm. and he says, We were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, and slaves to our desires and various places, too. We were spending our lives in evil behavior and jealousy. We were disgusting, and we hated other people. But when God, our Savior's kindness and love appeared, he saved us because of his mercy, not because of the righteous things we had done. Yep. And I, I really need to emphasize that point, mm-hmm. is that God's not keeping score to give you a cookie. Right. Not because of all the good things you did mm-hmm. or didn't do. Right. Or the ones you, when you add up, well, I did more good stuff than bad stuff. You're right. Um, you're not being judged. That's not the scorecard. That may be how the scorecard is mm-hmm. with a traditional kind of belief or faith. Yeah. This is not a traditional kind of belief or faith. This is a radical new kind of belief or faith with these guys anyway. Mm-hmm. No, you're not getting a scorecard because of the good things you did, even though good the doing good things is good. Yeah. That's not how we keep score. Mm-hmm. We keep score because we're merciful. Yep. It's because of mercy. It's because of a love that's bigger mm-hmm. than and more capable. Yes than human love. That's right. Now, mm-hmm. and at the same time, mm-hmm. to be Christian, yes. I mean, the word itself means to be a little Christ. In other words, we're expected to be a little Christ. Yes. Christ-like. We're, we've had the expectation from God mm-hmm. and from that abundant, expansive love Yes, to love everyone out of mercy and not because they did right or wrong Mm -hmm. and to add it up. We're expected to reach for that ring, that brass ring. Mm -hmm. Now, come on. We can't be that. We know that. However, that's the task at hand. Be that way. Show mercy Mm -hmm. and let that be your guiding post. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you kind of condone abusiveness or condone oppression. Now, I wanted to read immediately after what you just said. So my verse says, I'm reading um, verse 4, but when kindness and love of the God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out to us generously through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we may, we may become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So that's just what you read. Yeah. Now, I love this next part, verse 8 of, of uh, Titus 3. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Yeah. These things are excellent and profitable, to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really kind of, a, you know, a bottom line. Yeah. Kind of reiteration of yes. love God, love your neighbor yes. as, you, as yourself. I yeah. mean, it really is, you know, mm-hmm. and it's worth repeating because 
I look upon these sinful, evil times where the powerless, the majority, mm-hmm. mind you, of society, who see the corruption of a few mm-hmm. and remain very powerless, it really rings familiar to me. In this time we live in, where a majority of misguided people are being abused, mm-hmm. and some of them willingly mm-hmm. by by their, you know, yeah. by the by the authority figures, by a corrupt yeah. government. Yeah, exactly. You know, who's who's taken, you know, their laws or they they are corrupted by their authority. You know, it's like, hey, I'm elected president, so obviously I have the authority to do whatever the hell I want to do, regardless of what the effect that it has on people. Not just the physical, tangible effect that it has on people, but the psychological effect. And that's really what I was sort of aiming towards when. I wanted to pick a Bible verse to talk this week because we've seen the bomber. There's a dude who is, uh, let's see, Cesar Sayoc, I think his name is. Uh, yeah, Sayoc. And, yeah, I'm reading the, so there's a new, I'm reading CNN.com, which has a new uh, report on it. Killer made anti-Jewish comics comments, sources say. Um so, yeah, and, and I'm not even going to read the article, but, you know, I think you get the point. But he is fueled by everything that he's that he's been taking in. I mean, the, when they police yeah, picked up this, his... All this MAGA nonsense. Yeah, exactly. You know, they picked up his van, and he has all this stuff, and not just the MAGA comments, but he he's always been, been taking in a lot of the fake news and the stuff that's on, like, 4chan and some of these alt-right websites about conspiracy theories about Hillary Clinton and everything that Trump has been saying and, you know, how bad the news is. You know, when Trump went to a rally, um, he started up a chant where they were like, you know, CNN is horrible or boo CNN. And even the CNN anchors are terrified of of reporting at these rallies because they're fearful of their life. So when we talk about leadership and and, um, the instructions that Paul is giving to um, Titus, Especially verse 8. Yeah, He's basically saying, listen, keep in mind what Jesus has given to us, and that's what you need to reinforce. And they're walking through minefields, too. Yeah. Just like the CNN reporters are. Yeah. I mean, they're walking through minefields. They're, you know, mm-hmm. There's going to be conflict yeah. for these folks. I mean, like I said, when I look about this and I look mm-hmm. at the way the disciples were, it kind of makes me wonder whether the, how this Christianity stuff ever Yeah, when Paul sent Titus to Corinth, that was a very volatile situation, and he managed to smooth things over. And it was a, and it was a political, yes, it politically was. important that mm-hmm. you know, Christians be there to establish some kind of foothold. Yeah. And so, so I talk about point one. What is the purpose of the word? And I think here, and especially verse 8 in Titus 3, you know, he says, I want you to stress these things those who, who, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable to everyone. So the second point, who are you talking to? There are people who you talk to who are receptive to the word. They want to hear the word. They want to do what's good. But there will be times where you'll be talking to folks who really don't give a damn. They don't care. Yeah. And I'm sure you've dealt with that in your life where you're like, hey, I'm a Christian. And I want to tell you about the word of God. And you get this placid look in their eye like, oh, God, here we go. Whatever melts your butter. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's the good part. If they say whatever melts your butter, I figure that's at least I'm not totally dismissing Right, me. right. Yeah. But no, no, I get a lot of rolled eyes. Sure. You know, and 
I'm not trying to be smug about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that, that he's saying here, too, is like, you know, don't sit around and talk about all the good things you've done. Yeah. Because you know, you're not going to be judged on that. That's not why God loves you. God loves you out of his mercy. Yes. You know, out of forgiving what you, you know, what you screwed up, not by, you know, tacking up brownie points. So, like, mm-hmm. don't go around acting smug. Yeah. You know, to others. Yeah. And telling everyone else, you know. You know that you're racking up brownie points because guess what? Yeah. Guess who's listening? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Yeah. I just do right things. I'm just saying, like you know, there is a certain kind of mm-hmm. you know objectivity that's created in these words. That, yeah. You know, we're, you know, Paul's spreading the, the the gospel. He's spreading Christianity. He's 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 being evangelical. And here comes that e word again. Yeah. That evil e word, which I would. Wish you at least I wish through this podcast, yeah. you and I yes. could be responsible for making that evangelical capital E worth being a capital sure. E and not make just evangelical cool. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Or put the cool in evangelical. Please, <laughs> please, because I'm yeah. so tired of it. Yeah, I'm so tired of hearing how how awful it is. Yeah, you know when I think mm-hmm. uh, when I think of. of of spreading love, yes, and diving into mm-hmm. these words every week, yeah. and these words every week. Yeah. I feel as though, man, it's really, it's really energizing. I, I, I want some good to come out of it. Yeah, not, not just here in yeah. my heart. I mean, I do. Yeah, but you know, to lots of uh, yeah, it's not. It, it, you know, it's it's not a matter of winning people over to my side. Yeah, you know, which I think is kind of kind of how it's been portrayed. Sure. You know. Yeah. But it's not only, so, I mean, it's hard enough to get people to listen if they don't want to listen. But there's also the danger, because there are Christians, especially young Christians, who will take in the word, but they have a different perspective, they have a different objective. Like, you talked about how there are people who just want the cookie, or they just want to, hey, I did my, my, you know, I put in my 10 cents in the plate. I did my due diligence, so I'm done. I'm a good Christian now. But Paul, when he talks to Titus, he, he wants a Christian. We're talking about this, the passive Christian, the active Christian. You know, the passive Christian is like, well, I went to church, I did my tithes and offerings, and, and I prayed, you know, once a week. So I, I, I did my part. But then there are those Christians who really do care about helping others, about being there for others, having a, a very emotional connection to Jesus Christ. And like this week, you talked to me about helping people. Like I think you helped out a fellow prisoner with a wheelchair. They needed a wheelchair. Well, they no, got, they just needed to move from one yeah. place to another. No, I mean, it's just stuff. You know, it's just yeah. like, uh, I, you know, it, it's just stuff. You know, once you mm-hmm. find yourself, you know, you know, involving yourself with people, you, you just want to be there for it. It's just like friends yeah. or family, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's no big, no big love. Yeah. You know, in fact, it's a joy to do so. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to help out. I mean, I wish I could be more... Uh, help out more financially. Well, yeah. That's a well, struggle for me. Yeah. You know? It's a struggle for everyone. Every, everyone is. But, but uh, that's just what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what? if you don't have money, you have time. If you don't have time, you need yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, yeah. and, and when I do, I'll be there. Yeah. So that's, kind of, that's kind of where it's at. And, and I feel like other people feel the same way. A lot of times you feel like, oh, shoot, uh, I'd love to go help out in the food pantry on Saturday, but I, you know, Saturday is my only time where I gotta just collapse, and, sure, you know, and regroup. And I was like, well, then, 
make the best use of that regrouping. Yeah. Love yourself. Give yourself some, you know, give yourself some comfort and so you can get out there and, and, and do more. Yeah. Be stronger than mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. That's the whole idea. It's not just maintain, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of like equilibrium. Get stronger. Yeah. And if you need to and you're able to help someone else, if you're not able to, mm-hmm. ask for help. Yes. I can't tell you how many people do not ask me for help. Yeah. Because either they're like, oh, he's so busy doing stuff. So a prideful. I don't know what it is. It's usually, I think, it's because, oh, oh Craig's too busy. He's he's running his ass off. It's yeah. like, maybe I sound like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, 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 I toot that horn. Yeah. But if, when people ask me for help, I'm, I, I love it. Because yeah. it's kind of like. A lot of times it's just like, well, it's about damn time you asked me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you <know? laughs> but, you know, um, and I feel the exact same way. Anyone can always ask me for help. You know, if you know, sometimes I can't be there, but I will try to be there as much as possible. Well, but, 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 but it goes for us, too. We absolutely. need to ask for help. Absolutely, too. Absolutely too. You know, with me, it is pride. Um, <laughs> but one of the reasons, one of the reasons I created the podcast, not only to evangelize and help, you know, and to spread, and also to sort of express how I feel about Jesus Christ. But also, you know, there's a brand of Christian at Christian who takes the Bible, and I'll just straight out say it, and they use it for for um, al- their ulterior motives. You know, they, they oh, use yeah. the word to attack people. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about the so-called religious right, yeah. who use the word to instead of build bridges, they build fences. You know, yeah. they, they build a proverbial religious wall. Yeah, they take certain you know, interpretations, words like the fear of God. Yes. To fear God. And it says in the Psalms over and over, oh, we fear God, we fear God. Well, you know, if you look at the word itself mm-hmm. and the etymology of it, it means it's, it's an awe and respect and an overwhelming kind of like I'm dumbstruck by this kind of mm-hmm. love, by this kind of power, by this kind of, you know, phenomena that's that's bigger than anything I can think of. It's yeah. universal. Yeah. You know? I mean, when I think of Christians who... And not just about being afraid. Using the Bible to attack gays and lesbians. Oh, God. I don't see that at all. Exactly. To attack women who, you know, um, like the whole abortion battle and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I, I, it, it's, it, it strikes me, that's why verse 9 rings true to me. Avoid foolish controversies. That's what my verse says. I'm reading the NIV version. I think your version has a different Yeah, we're just talking about divisiveness. People yes. are divisive. You know, it's just like, you know, we knew even then that this was not about, you know, creating a hierarchy. It was about destroying one. It was yes. about getting rid of these barriers between rich and poor, between powerful and not, between those who are deemed clean and unclean. I mean, here in this, yes. they also have this argument about circumcision again. Yes. And it's like they have to go to every single you know, place and go like, okay, look, you know, all this little petty junk. Yes. Out the door here. Yes. You know, everybody's in. Everybody's yes. in the game. Everybody's allowed in the meeting. Everybody's allowed in the church. Yes. They don't have to sit outside. Right. They, they, they can, they, they don't have to wait and, you know, you know, for the padded cushion to be available. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is it. We're all in. We're all in. There's not going to be any of this. Mm-hmm. Right. Divisiveness. And, yeah. And, yeah, it's like, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> and I think it rings so true to what's happening today. That's what uh, I mean. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like every, 
you know, a millennium, we need like a Ten Commandments or a flood or something. Mm-hmm. God to come down and do something, bring us a Jesus. Yeah. You know, to kind of like go like, hey, mm-hmm. okay, you've been bumbling around with your dumb laws again. Yeah. And once again, mm-hmm. you've created this hierarchy and structure, which I didn't have in mind. I had a garden in mind, remember, yeah. where everything kind of worked. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's why I think verse 10 sort of the, the nail that you can hang your hat on as far as, you know, this whole thing. Warn a decisive person once, and then warn them a second time. Well, After that, you have nothing it. to do with them. That's it. I mean, you can talk to someone. You can try to have, and I've tried to have civil conversations with people who are not civil. You know, uh, that's why I say my second point is who are you talking to? Are you talking to someone who has the ability, the capability of listening? Some people have the capability of listening. Some people just don't. They just don't. And as Christians and as a person who really cares about people, I think that I can reach out to everyone. I think I have, and maybe it's just hubris, but I think that I can have a rational discussion, a rational argument where I can make my point and have something to listen. But a lot of times it just hits, it's like talking to a brick wall. Well, I mean, I think, I think we all, like, you know, like, we all think of ourselves as being good and godly people, and we are. Yes. You know, we can do all, follow the rules and be goodly and godly. Yes. But the thing is, you always have to strive for more. Yes. I mean, you really do. Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can say, you can't say you completely don't need salvation. Right. You know, I mean, we're waiting you know, we're playing a waiting game here. Mm-hmm. Like we're waiting for that salvation to happen. We're waiting for that judgment day. Or we're waiting to be brought into eternal life. Or we're waiting for this kind of, oh, I'm, I'm going to get along with, I'm going to get along with that mm-hmm. person sooner or later. Sure. You know, we'll, we'll, it'll, things will resolve themselves in the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We are waiting for that salvation. Yeah. But we have to feel as though we're creating it too. Yes. We're creating and kind of saying, like, let's make this salvation happen. Yes. I know it's in, I mean, I, I can't be a little Christ, but yet I'm being asked to be a little Christ. Yes. I can't, I, I can live all the goodly, you know, mm-hmm. things, but I need to mm-hmm. push it. Yes. I need to push it to the next level. I need to be able to ask for help. Yeah. I need to be able to hear mm-hmm. and, and those who are asking for help. Yeah. And even if they're not asking directly, they may be... Mm-hmm. Pull them back out of their pride or pull them out of that. Yeah. You know, and say, like, I'm here for you. Yeah. I'm here for you, and you may not even ask me yet. Yeah. But I'm here. Now, for, you know, getting back to verse uh, 10, these divisive people, you know, I think about my salvation. I think about my spirit. And spirit is a whole topic. I'm sure we'll have an episode where we'll just talk about, you know, what is the Holy Spirit or whatever. But I think about my, my spiritual walk in life. And there are people unfortunately, who can drain your spirit. You know, you try to talk to them, you try to communicate them when to happen. Are you talking about vampires? Halloween is next week. And hey, so be Halloween, right, exactly. Be very careful, because you, you understand, everyone understands Halloween, and I think Branch is here is talking about the vampiric process. Yeah. Where they suck the blood, but they don't give it back. They don't give it back. Right, exactly. <laughs> but we, we Those damn vampires. I know. We've had people in my <laughs> we we 
we've taken so much energy. Yeah, no, I know, I know. No, I'm talking about vampires too. Yes, I know, I know, no, I know. We're talking about vampires. We're talking about the same thing. Emotional vampires. Yes, they just suck, 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 suck. And what do we get back? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. They just take the blood from you. You're spinning your wheels as if you're in a car spinning your wheels. You're trying to get 60 miles an hour and you're going nowhere. And you realize how much time you've wasted in talking to someone who just does not have the capacity to listen. And the Bible, you know, Paul is telling not just Titus but us, you've done it once, you've done it twice, walk away. Well, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean. After that, have nothing to do with them. This is what verse 10 tells us. Yes, you, you, can, you can tell them directly, mm-hmm. you know, you're the vampire. Mm-hmm. I'm through. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to advance my health. Well, I mean, whatever you call it, fools, yes. uh, fuck-ups, whatever yes. you call it. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, we all know this. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, you know, we, we you know, yeah. recognizing it as such is yeah. going to be a big step. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to say no. Yes. You know, it's yeah. hard to turn, turn away. Sometimes you have to do it for mere self-preservation. Yes. Sometimes you have to do it for them. Yes. Sometimes by turning away and saying, well, hey, look, vampire, that's it. Yeah. No more blood sucking. Yeah. You know, it's for their, own, it's for your own good. Yes. Really. Not just for your self-preservation, which mm-hmm. it is, but yeah. just like, you know, sometimes that's how to, how to help people. Yeah. You know? Now, people will look at what we're saying and they'll say, oh, wait a minute. That could, be my, that could be my mom. That could be a good friend <laughs> yeah. of mine. We, we, you and I had a good friend of ours who they were at the situation where they really, really needed help, yet it appeared that they may be dragging you or me down further. But as it turns out, you continued to help, and they turned their life around. Well, yeah. Yeah. And wanted it back. Yes. Yeah, want their lives back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what do you know? Yeah. I think I think it's just a matter of, of patience too. That's exactly right. And, and and people hurt, and it takes time to heal. It takes bleeding to heal. Yes. You know, you got to bleed to heal. Yes. You know, and and that's why being strong to me, being strong in my own personal life, mm-hmm. is so I can tell the difference. Yes. Between those who are, you know, ready to, mm-hmm. you know, actually. Lend a hand, and those who are going to suck the blood from that hand. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, but to yeah. have the personal strength. Yes. You know, because as you get to be older with me, you know, mm-hmm. life only goes in one direction, and yeah. we're all going to be needing help, and we're all. I'm going to be feeble. Yes. You know, and I want to have the personal strength mm-hmm. to be able to know how to ask for help with dignity mm-hmm. and with honesty, and to, and. You know, with a good heart. Yeah. You know, now, and I'm not feel as though I'm being the vampire now. Sure. You know? I'm going to tell a personal story, and I think I may have told it before, but I think it's worth uh, uh, echoing because there are folks who are like, hey, listen, I can't walk away because this is my husband, my wife, my son, my daughter, my mom, my dad, or whatever. Right. Um, my mom, before she passed away in 2006, she had a drug and alcohol problem, and it fell from things that happened in her past. Uh, her being abused as a child. And what year was she? How old was she when she passed? 2006, she was 55 years old. 55? Yeah, too young. Too young. Yeah. Um, but there was a time where she stayed with me. Uh, she she had been evicted out of her apartment in Seattle. She came to stay with me. And I'll be quite honest, I as much as I loved her, 
as much as I thought that I had the capacity to take care of her, I didn't. I didn't mentally, I didn't physically, I didn't financially have the capacity to take care of her. And when I tried to talk to her, to try to help her and heal her as a Christian, as a friend, as some, um, a son who loved her mother, his mother, sorry, um, she just didn't have the capacity I mean, uh, to, uh, to, you know, like, Mom, listen, you got to stop, put the bottle down. I'd come back from work and, you know, she'd be blasted again. Um, I was like, listen, Mom, I can't take care of you. There are people in Washington, D.C. who can because they have retired and they have homes and but you have to go. And that's a tough thing. I mean, that is a horrible thing to tell your own mother, you've got to leave. Well, what could you do? There wasn't much I can do. And to be quite honest, that was when she realized that she had a problem and she had to address it because I was enabling her. Well, yeah, you you couldn't stop things. Right, right. You know, uh, and sometimes, you know, we don't, I mean, I, I know this may sound trite, and I don't mean it to sound trite, mm-hmm. but Christ said to love your enemies. Yes. Start with yourself. Y- you have to. Um, because. You have to take care of yourself. Go ahead. Because that's good practice. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can abuse yourself yeah. and do all those terrible things to yourself, mm-hmm. and I know you feel bad because you're like, you wanted to help her. Yes. But. She was hurting herself. She was, she was, she was kind of being an enemy to herself. Yes. And it, and I know when you're an enemy to yourself, the, when you hear the words "love your enemy," it just seems laughable. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey man, I can't even love me. Yeah. You know, um, that's that's where you start. I, I tell you from my own personal experience. Yes. Um, of not really liking myself a whole hell of a lot and kind of be making mm-hmm. a truce and mm-hmm. being friends. Yes. And finally, having a relationship with myself that's much better than it ever has been. Yes. Um, it's good practice because I can love other enemies now. That's exactly right. And and without getting hurt. Yes. You know, because I've had, I had a little trial run mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, and what you did was really hard, mm-hmm. but it showed such caring for yourself. Yeah. And I think it did show caring for her because she kind of started to get it. Because the conclusion was she did go to Washington. She did stay with relatives yeah, who were going to want to know her. the conclusion. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, and, you know, there was a birthday party for her. It was actually the last, we didn't know it, but it was the last year of her life. And she had a wonderful time. She had a smile on her face. She was surrounded by relatives that she had abandoned for 20 years. And I think to myself, would that have happened if I had, you know, a luxurious home and I could have, you know, taken care of her and maybe enable her more? Because, like, you know, she was like, well, you're my son. I expect you to be there for me and, you know, give me the money. Right, that I brought you into the world. Exactly. <laughs> but me, me kicking her out told her, wow, I've really hit rock bottom. Now my own son, she thought that I rejected her. I didn't reject her. I just said I couldn't take care of her. But she had to realize I've got to do something about this. Yeah, you didn't, like, just lock the door. You tried to find her an avenue that, exactly. that you, you couldn't facilitate. Exactly, yourself. exactly. Yeah. And so it, it did end, uh, well, although she did pass away too soon, um, for one brief moment she had some closure. 
And so what I'm telling the folks in podcast land, um, sometimes saying goodbye, as uh, Paul says to Titus, you know, after that have nothing to do with them. It doesn't necessarily mean slamming the door shut and the door will always remain shut. Sometimes shutting the door awakens someone to realize, wow, I've got an issue that I have to deal with. You know, the, the folks who do, they just don't have an ear to listen. You can't, you can't pander to things yes. that are destructive. Yes. It, it's not a matter of, hey, I'm, you know, I did the right thing and it ain't working. Yeah. It's a matter of, like, sometimes leaving, leaving evil alone. Yes. And letting it work out for itself is about all you can do. Yes. You know, you can... You can see it. You can mm-hmm. say uh, you know, that's wrong behavior. Yes. You're misguided. Yes. But people are going to keep doing wrong things. Yes. And I've said this before, and, mm-hmm. I'm, and those of you out there who are doing wrong things, you know who I'm talking to. Yeah. yeah. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, right. Those people are going to do wrong things until yes. they stop. Yes. Until they stop. Yeah. Not until you stop them, mm-hmm. until they stop. And you can point it out, and mm-hmm. you can... Be sanctimonious and mm-hmm. preach yes. and evangelicalize and whatever and, and say, like, I know better than you yeah. uh, all you want. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, misguidedness is something you can't change. Yep. At least I can't. I can't either. Uh, yeah. In another person. Yeah. I can kind of kind of get my own misguidedness going mm-hmm. in, a, in a better direction. Most, most yeah. good days. Yeah. But I'm powerless mm-hmm. to, to stop misguidedness mm-hmm. in others except possibly by example and possibly stepping away from the situation yeah. so that it's not bloodshed on me. Exactly. And that's kind of what you're describing here. That's exactly right. me. Yes. And I think other, you know, reasonable people would disagree. I happen to feel as though... You probably made a really tough and wise decision yeah. that worked and it, and it leads to make to, things better than they yeah. would have been otherwise. Sure. And I'm talking about a very personal thing, but it also applies to, like, Trump. Just because a person says something outlandish and ridiculous doesn't mean you need to acknowledge it or whatever. You know, there are people who, all, who, who they want to, and bullies do this. Bullies, they want a reaction from you. Yeah. But it's your One choice to react. Other. You yeah. don't have to react. No, you don't have to play it. Yeah, you don't have to play that game. Yeah. Which leads to my third point. So I talked about what is your purpose as a as a preacher or as a person who is talking or re-administering the word. You know, is your purpose to, you know, gain a brownie point, to get your proverbial cookie, or is it to really help? That was point one. Point two, who are you talking to? Do they have the capacity to listen? Point three, did they get it? You know, we talked about Okay, who do I walk away from? Do I walk away from my mom who isn't listening to me or whatever? Do I walk away from whatever? Who are the people that I walk away from? Who are the people that I continue to to try to reach out to? To answer that question, are they getting it? What is the quid pro quo? You, it's like call response. You called, are they responding? What are you getting from them? Like I I think about our good friend. I don't want to mention his name because I don't mention his name. But there were points where, you know, he was just, I need this, I need that, I need you to do this, I need that, I need my laundry done, I need this cleaned, and I need that done. And, 
oh, oh, woe was me, and blah, 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 blah. Well, it wasn't all that was going on. Right. But that was just, yeah. that was actual real need. Yes. I mean, it wasn't selfishness on any kind of, like, really bad level. It was actual genuine need. Yes. There was a lot of need. Yes. But it was genuine. Um, but in answer to your question, yeah. do they get it? Yeah. I don't know. I think about, because I've lived in my pain. Yes. In an isolated life. Yes. And I s- happen to know a lot of other people who live in their pain in yes. a very is- isolated way, too. Mm-hmm. That response of saying, I need, I need, I need, mm-hmm. when you have been isolated and yes. you actually do need mm-hmm. physically or emotionally or whatever yeah. Yeah. is primal and is scary while you're asking for it. Of course. Now, do they get it? I think what we're trying to do in this podcast and what I've tried to do personally, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I'm going to give an assignment for everybody to do Mm -hmm. is start building a community. Get out of yourself. Go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Do something different. Change your pattern. Mm -hmm. Reach out to someone. It may be uncomfortable. Do it anyway. Yeah. I go to church. There's a lot of people there. Some I like to talk to. Some not so much. It's okay. We're all there together. We don't even have to talk to each other. We just need to be with each other. Sit in a park. You know? Go do something. Create a community. Talk to that friend you haven't talked to for a long time. Mm -hmm. Connect with that person on Facebook whom you knew years ago. Mm -hmm. Find out what's going on. Get out of your head. Yes. If you need to ask for help and you really, really need things, Mm -hmm. it may sound selfish to them. They may think like, oh, what a whiner. Mm -hmm. Do it anyway. Because they'll listen. Yeah. They'll may stand by you. And pretty soon, just like our friend whose name we will not mention, Mm -hmm. they can do it for themselves. Yeah. And given a little time Mm -hmm. and given a little love, Mm -hmm. it didn't take a lot of sacrifice on my part or anybody else's part. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Not a lot. Yeah. Nobody died. Yeah. Um, You know, and yeah, they do get it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. There's some that don't. Some that don't. But, yeah, but yeah. try, try. Yes. Look, you know, anybody who's followed this little ongoing saga over yes. the last year yes. would like to hear a success story? Here's a success story. I guess it was God's love. Maybe it was mine. I think it was a bunch of other people. God's love through you. I think everybody pitched in. I think everybody came to the table. Yeah. And it took a lot of people, and it took a lot of talking, and it mm-hmm. took a lot of praying, yeah. and it took a lot of worrying, it took a lot of trips to the laundry, trips to the grocery store, trips mm-hmm. to the pharmacy, trips yeah. to the doctor. I don't care. It happened. Yeah. You know, he's it happened. a much better life. He's yeah. just functioning. He's doing things on his own. Loving it. Reclaiming it. Yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah, it works. Yeah. But build a community. Get outside of yourself. Ask for help. Help other people mm-hmm. if you have the capacity to do so. Yeah. Give money if that's what you need to do. Yeah. But don't be peaceful about it. Just Don't just say it's somebody else's problem, not mine. Yeah, it's it's hypocritical to look outside your window and say, oh, my God, the world is horrible. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like that. Away. I don't like that crap. Especially if you're not doing anything to do something about it. Yeah. And you may say, oh, they're not going to listen anyway. Well, you're not going to know if you don't talk. There's not going to be a response if you don't call. 
you know? Yeah. So I guess next week we're going to talk about the expression of voting. (laughs) (laughs) We can. (laughs) But I want to, uh, I do want to follow up on, you know, the whole who do I walk away from or whatever. You know, there's, you have to be an active listener. You can say, hey, listen, the, the Bible teaches me this or that or whatever. And if I'm wrong, tell me. You tell me if I'm wrong. You know, that's what an open discussion is all about. But if you have someone who's being divisive, they're using the Bible in the wrong way, or they're not using the Bible at all, or they're caught up in their own hypocrisy, talk, 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 and then say, listen, I've said what I've had to say, now I'm going to walk away. But you can still listen. You can still listen. You can still say, hey, how are you doing? But not get into, you know, the, the their black hole of evil and, and whatever they're, they're caught up in. Every now and then... Sometimes with the grace of God, he'll say, you know what, um, I've been thinking about what you said, and, you know, maybe you're right. Or, you know, you'll, you'll just notice a change in them. Sometimes it may not happen at all, or it may not happen, and you, or you just don't notice it. But every now and then it happens. It happened with my mom. It happened with our good friend. I don't know if it'll happen with Trump. Will Trump realize that all the, you know, the, the evil that he's spewing are changing, you know, are, are affecting people, you know, like this guy, um, Cesar Sayog. Um, you know, he, he you know, um, what's the dude's name? Um, okay, okay, I think it's Sayog. But in any case, Trump will never say, well, it's not my fault. I didn't, you know, what did I do to motivate him to, to do whatever? People don't understand the power of their words. If you are a negative leader, you can inspire negative people to do negative things. If you're a positive leader, that he can inspire positive people to do positive things. Martin Luther King's been dead for the last, you know, so for over 50 years, but he's still preaching, and I still listen to his word, and I'm still motivated by what he says, and that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Sister Catherine has been dead, but we still, you still listen to her words. Well, I, well, she had a very, you know, high impact on my life. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky to... Even know her for a very brief time. Yeah. Um, she made me smile. Mm-hmm. She always wanted to make everyone feel mm-hmm. as though they were just as smart or as talented or as lovely as as she was. Yes. I mean, and she, I'm talking about, like, she had three doctorates. And wow. <laughs> she, and, she you know, up. I mean. We're talking, you know, I think they mentioned, like, you know, uh, like when she was in her 70s after being, you know, an educator, an administrator, a scholar, uh, a priest. Then she was like, she was very interested in the law. She was thinking, well, maybe I'll study law. Mm -hmm. Her life was a mission of learning, and she treated everybody not like she was super-duper smart than they weren't. She treated everybody like they had beauty, intelligence, mm-hmm. worthiness. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Um, and when you come across that kind of person, mm-hmm. I mean, you never knew Dr. King, but in his writings, you feel like you know this. When you come across that person that impacts you yeah. in such a positive way, it blows your motherfucking mind, and you just go like, God, I'm lucky. Yeah. I'm lucky to have read these words. Yeah. I'm lucky to have heard that person. Yeah. You know, f- for the brief amount of time. There are a few people in my life who I've come across with. Like mm-hmm. I've been very, very lucky. Yeah. You know, and I just 
I just think what her idea, even though she's not here today, was to create a little army of people who will carry on that kind of idea. Yeah. Rich just wrote a play. I'm going to plug Rich here. He <laughs> okay. just wrote a play, and one of the actors made a comment on, uh, on, on you know, on, online about working with Rich, and they said, I'm going to tell my children I work with the great Reg Clay, and I read that, and I just went like, yeah, that sounds about right. Wow. That yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the way I feel, too. Um, you are very engaging, and you create a, a world where everyone feels like right even with you. Yeah. You know? And you're a real smart guy. Thank you. If you saw Reg's play, you would see how smart he is. <laughs> yeah, and, was, uh, yeah. and you'd be intimidated, too. Oh, well, no. but, uh, yeah. but I just want to let everyone know, if great Reg Clay is is something to be proud to be associated with. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. And, uh, Pleasure, well, man. Well, I mean, the work, I, I'm, I'd love to see you back on stage because, you know, I still think about um, Frozen. And not the Disney Frozen. I'm talking about <laughs> a slightly different uh, we play. We did a different where, play. Yeah. Yeah, where, but, you know, you did a magnificent role, and I love to see you back on stage. Well, I mean, all of us. Well, all, all, all of us put our universe. You know, I, I, there was a talk back during Four Men in Paris. And for those who haven't seen it, it's on YouTube, so you can, you can view it. Just look up Four Men in Paris. But we did a talk back, and I talked about putting yourself out there is like being naked. Of course. It's like if I stripped myself and just walked out in front of Jack London Square <laughs> naked. That's, you know, people have nightmares about that. Maybe you will. People, people don't put, well, yeah, there are some, what do you call them, um, extroverts or whatever um, who love, who get off of that stuff. But being vulnerable and putting yourself out there is a very risky thing. And especially being a Christian, putting yourself out there and telling everyone, I love Jesus Christ and I'm baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I have a, a special message to tell you. Yeah. Um, it's it, it can be a very vulnerable thing, but um, some fascinating things can happen when you do that. So um, well, we're doing it, and yeah. uh, those of you who are tuned out by now, I guess you're tuned out. Those of you tuned in, well, we're we're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, can I close this out in prayer? Absolutely. I, I, it's a lovely Saturday, and we have to spend the rest of it doing good work. So absolutely, uh, we're on we go. Yeah. Um, Dear Lord, once again, thank you so much for this fellowship. Um, I want to say a special prayer to all those in need out there and all those who are struggling. Um, uh, we want to send you blessings and love, and I want you to do the job that uh, Christ has given you to do. Touched us. God's touching you to make you a vessel to make your body and your mind and your soul a vessel of love and hold that love and then express it wherever you go. It's an, it's an opportunity and it's an honor to do so. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, that was a fantastic one. Here is my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, that's where the podcast is. You can also uh, write us directly. I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Rich, space Clay. 
and DL Carriger for Deb. And share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible's been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for it. you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening. God bless.